Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is time for Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Get it wherever you get your podcast. Do us the favor, subscribe, put on the auto-download. That way you never miss the latest episode when it pushes around. Thanks for joining us again. I am Scott Branson, and of course I'm joined by my broadcast partner, Mr. Mo Moten. He is the national NFL writer over at Bleacher Report, where you can read his work. You can also catch his Raiders column once a week up on sportsnot.com. Follow him on Twitter at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at L-V Gully. We love talking to you guys. Make sure you do that. By the way, Thursday show, we do our mailbag. So make sure you can tweet at us if you want questions. We'll bookmark them and get back to them. Or you can email us at mail at silverandblacktoday.com and we will get to your questions on Thursday. Okay, Mo, since... I saw you last. We had the big schedule release. You did your live Bleacher Report show on Thursday night where I know you gave a prediction. We're going to ask you to give that prediction again today as we get into this. Some Raiders news first to get to that just fresh from Monday. So the Raiders made a couple roster moves. Number one was they signed third-round pick Byron Young to a contract. So they they have everybody now signed under contract as they uh, got out of the rookie minicamp last week. Then they've also signed yet another wide receiver, and yet, hold on for it, Raider Nation. I know you're excited. You can't contain yourself. Another former New England Patriot. Wide receiver Christian Wilkerson, who was an undrafted free agent with Tennessee. He's been with the Patriots the last three years. Nothing really to speak of. He's had one start. Uh, He's appeared in only four games. He's got four receptions, 42 yards, and two touchdowns, though, in only four games. Not bad for a guy who doesn't get any playing time. But, Mo, uh, they add another wide receiver. They also waived Tyler Johnson. So uh, the familiarity of the system, the New England system, I know people don't want to be the West Coast Patriots, but reality is coaches know players, know their system. They can bring them in and compete. And so they go out and they get Christian Wilkerson. Uh, West Coast Patriots, it is. If you also read the Tom Brady <laughs> news, which we, which we, we, we missed if we didn't mention that. Yes. But um, no, just poking fun at Raider fans. I mean, this is this is a camp body. Uh, Christian Wilkerson yep. not going to make the roster. 
uh, for his career, four catches, 42 yards, and two touchdowns. He is a former Patriot, but, you know, as a former Patriot, they're going to give him a shot, see what, you know, can he crack the back end of the roster? Will he? He's probably, if anything, he's a, he's a practice squad player, but nothing to right. really talk about. The bigger news. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm sure you're going to get to this is the visit the Raiders had today on Monday. Uh, yes. And I want you to talk about that because it was Marcus Peters. And of course, Marcus Peters uh, is sort of, you know, a name you say. And if it's 2020, holy <laughs> crap. Right. But in 2023, Marcus Peters is not the same player. Had an injury 2021 comes back in 2022, did not have a good season. Now, I'm not saying the guy can't still play. We don't know yet. Uh, but it's not quite the signing. I know Raider fans have been talking about Marcus Peters for a long time, Mo. But you made the point about the injury and the performance last year. Talk about why we we can be maybe cautiously optimistic about him coming in and talking to the Raiders. But this isn't like a, a big, big signing, if they were to sign him, that is. This isn't something like it would have been three or four years ago. All right, so I just want to give the full picture because everyone uh, recognizes the name Marcus Peters from his work with the Kansas City Chiefs, the Rams, and the Ravens. Pretty much one of the best ball hawks in the league in his in his prime. Now, as you mentioned, last year he had a down year. He tore his ACL. First of all, he tore his ACL in 2021 before the season started, so he didn't play a game in 2021. Came back to the Ravens. Not well, not came back. Came back to action. The Ravens had to have a new defensive coordinator and Mike McDonald, who took over for Wink Martindale, played a lot of man coverage. The Ravens kind of switched up their coverage this past year. And Marcus Peters, as you alluded to, didn't have a great season. He allowed seven touchdowns and a 113.7 passer rating. That's pretty awful. <laughs> By anyone's standards, that's awful. But you think what you're hoping for as a Raider fan, that he's fully recovered from his torn ACL. And a lot of times it takes a year for a player to fully recover from a torn ACL. And that the Raiders who play a lot of man coverage will benefit his style of play and that he will bounce back this year in Las Vegas if the Raiders were to sign him. So, again, torn ACL, uh, different system. So that may have factored into his poor year, but the numbers are what they are in 2022. Not exactly the same player you would be getting in 2019 uh, or, 2000, or 2020. Mo, I don't have a problem if they sign him uh, no. if the contract makes sense, right? So if it's, if it's, a, if it's a pretty budget friendly uh, contract because of the unknowns with Marcus Peters. That's fine. That's like signing anybody off the street. Now I know he's got the name, he's got the history, but if he can come in and compete and do well and regain any of the form that he had uh, going back to 2020, then okay, fine. Then you feel good about it. And you say, okay, you get, you get a player who's trying to make a comeback and uh, wants to work hard to get that next contract. Okay, great. But that's why I think people need to be cautious. Don't get too excited. There's no guarantee they're going to sign him, number one. But number two, even if they do, it doesn't mean he sticks. It doesn't mean because we just don't know what he's got left after what we've seen the injury year in 2021 and then last year in 2022 with the stats that you laid out. Scott, let's be honest here. The reason a lot of Raider fans want him is because 
especially if you're from if you're from Oakland. He's he's a native. He that's Marshawn Lynch's cousin. Absolutely, it's his cousin. And they they always talked about playing for the hometown team. Now, even though they're in Las Vegas, they still consider, consider the Raiders an Oakland-based team. I get it. So that's where part of it is coming from. I will say, what would you pay a Marcus Peters coming off of a down year? I say anything over anything under seven million dollars to me is fair. Yeah. For a cornerback who has the ball production that he's had, he's not exactly over the hill. So I don't want to. I don't want people to run away with this and say, "Oh, Marcus no. Peters is washed up." It's no, health. that's not it. He had a down. He had a down year. I didn't. I never said. If you look through my Twitter, I never said Marcus Peters was washed up. I said he had a down year and he could bounce back with this system after a year of recovering from his uh, serious knee injury. But anything under seven million, I think, it's fair compensation for a player of his caliber. And it's a good point to make, uh, and, and you're right, you never said he was washed up. But the other thing is, when you have a player, I think people, with quarterbacks, they seem to be a little more forgiving. When you have that serious knee injury, because we've gotten so good medically at repairing those injuries uh, versus you know, 15, 20 years ago, people don't understand that even when you come back from it quickly, you to regain the strength in that knee and at a position like that where you're turning all over the field, you're making cuts, that's hard. And I, I do agree with you. I think he will bounce back. The question is, how much is he going to want for his services? And I agree with you, under $7 million, sure, I'd sign the guy. But we'll see what they do, and we'll see what happens there. Because that, to me, is going to be the whole crux of it all, which is like, yeah, you'd like to bring in a guy that's a dog like that, as long as it's not going to cost you $10 million a year for a guy coming off a bad year. Here's the thing, and this is why I'm – I would be for bringing him in at the right price is simply because even though I'm high on Jacorian Bennett being an early contributor, what if Jacorian mm -hmm. Bennett is not ready? Right. <laughs> so then you're depending on Duke Shelley or David Long. I know a lot of Raider fans like Duke Shelley, but let's, let's be honest. Duke Shelley has been, has had an up and down career his best year last year with the Vikings, but before that hasn't done a lot. So if you're depending on Duke Shelley or David Long to be your number two cornerback, uh, yeah. it's a bit shaky. I'd rather have Marcus Peters, than those other two guys. Yeah, even a 70% uh, Marcus Peters, to me, would be would be the better option. Again, if it's not too expensive. Mo, in the other news, you talked about it, you hinted at it, uh, and it's caused you know a little bit of uh, an interesting conversation amongst the fans out there in Raider Nation, which is Tom Brady is set to become a very small minority owner in the Las Vegas Raiders. He already owns part of the Las Vegas Aces. So him and Mark Davis obviously struck up a conversation, which in funny, it's got some tentacles to this one, which we'll get to in a second. But the fact that Mar Mark Davis, uh, or they're buying the share out from part of the group that Magic Johnson was part of, who's now buying the Washington Commander. So they can't have two teams. So they have to sell their interest. So there was an interest available and Tom Brady's going to step up. I imagine Tommy Terrific is going to be moving to Vegas. Everybody kind of thought that, especially after he got divorced, that he would at least have a presence there with the basketball team and everything. So now you see this. And fans, it's really interesting. And our good friend Murph over at Raider Fan Radio made a great point when he talked about Tom Brady. He said, hey, hey, look, when Tom Brady was a Patriot, I hated him. But the tuck rule, it was a fumble, but it wasn't his fault. That was the referees that blew that call. It wasn't Tom Brady. And so he said, if Tom Brady's an owner of the Raiders, and he's one of us, so welcome to the club, right? But there are fans out there who don't want to forget Tom Brady, or there's also the anti-Tom Brady contingent, just because when you're that successful, people don't like you. It's just the way it goes. Um, but interesting times when you have a guy like this who now becomes an owner of the team that so many of these fans love. 
I I think the overreaction obviously is, you know, the tuck rule and everyone's like, well, I don't I don't want that guy a part of the organization. What Al <laughs> do business with a guy like that? And and we don't know what Al what the late Al Davis would have done. I don't like to have that conversation because he's not here to to speak for himself on this one. Yeah. But what I will say is that I watched the tuck rule game. I was a teenager in high school at the time, and I will say even before I started writing professionally, the tuck rule doesn't really bother me as as far as Tom Brady is concerned. And I, I said this on Twitter. Tom Brady didn't make the call. I know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he he benefited from the call. He didn't make the call. So even if you have hurt feelings there, it should be with the referee and not Tom Brady. Tom Brady, a lot of people want Tom Brady to admit it, but I was like, what is Tom Brady going to do? Hand the ball back to the Raiders and say, yeah, no, it was a fumble. <laughs> Not going to happen. So I think that's where the that's where the hurt feelings come in. And I think if you're, if you're a Raider fan, you're more worried about wins and losses. You're not really worried about who has a limited partnership with Mark Davis as far as team ownership is concerned. No, exactly. And and that's the point, Mo. I think that you, you look at it and say, look, it's, a biz- it's the business side of things. Tom Brady... It doesn't matter whether you like him or not. He's part owner. Most Raiders fans, I'm going to say, is as knowledgeable and great as Raider Nation is, I'm going to say 95, maybe even higher percent of Raider fans don't even know the minority owners of the Raiders outside of Davis. They don't even know who they are, right? Period. So I'm going to just say that up front. I think that's probably right. Uh, so so it doesn't really matter. Tom, And you know what? Tom Brady's going to go do TV He's st- the fact that he's attached to the Raiders brand is not a bad thing. It actually helps the Raiders, okay? Because people like Tom Brady, other people like Tom Brady, and so that will help them. The other thing is, Mo, I think it brings up, remember all the rumors when Gruden was there and then we heard after he left about the Raiders wanting Tom Brady? I believe that was true now. I really believe the Raiders, if they really had gone after him three years ago, he could have been a Raider and should have been a Raider because his obviously his relationship with Mark Davis is very close. Obviously, it's there. I mean, you've seen him hanging out too at at fights and stuff like that yep. in the crowd. So, I, I just don't feel as I guess maybe I'm far removed now <laughs> as a as a non fan as a as a writer. Some fans said they would feel dirty if Tom Brady has a stake in the, in the organization, the franchise, just because of the history. And I just, but why? Again, I just go back to wins and losses. And Tom Brady didn't really have a role in screwing the Raiders in that tuck rule call. Yeah, and I'll close on this one. I think, too, that there are a lot of younger Raider fans, and that's all they have, right? Unfortunately for them, and I hope that changes for them soon because even the young fans are great, which is the only thing they have to hold on to is the bitterness of a game from when they were maybe five or six years old because that's the, that's the historic thing. It changed the course of the franchise in many ways, at least somewhat. Uh, and so to me, that's that's what you hold on to. That's the history you know. You've been brought up to hear about the Tucker Rule game, so you hate Tom Brady. So I get it from, from that standpoint. So we'll see how it goes. All right. We're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we're going to get to uh, the schedule. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Raiders' schedule as uh, it was released last week. I know Mo did his piece on it, but we are also going to um, make sure that we get to that and give you our projections. Yes, the very early without even knowing all the roster's projections, just based on hunches. So we'll do that. By the way, coming up on our show on Thursday, we're going to have Philip uh, Milan from the Vegas Kings from a gaming angle. We're going to talk about the NFL schedule and also talk about the Raiders. Are the Raiders a good bet on the over-under? 
the wins we're going to give you right now. So we'll do that in a minute here on Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back.